Welcome back to the Fit CFO Show. I'm your host, Amanda Hankwist, and together with my husband, Sean, we created this podcast as a way to help you reach your business's financial goals. We will break down common financial myths and mistakes in business and share with you the tools and knowledge to take your business to the next level. Our hope is that you will become financially equipped for success in your business and in turn help our mission to make this world a healthier place. If you get valuable information out of this podcast, we just ask that you please share it to your stories and leave us a review so that we can continue to grow and help health and fitness businesses succeed. show, I get the pleasure of talking with CEO and founder of Angel Competition Bikinis, Kara Jones. Kara is a small town girl from the Midwest who found a need in the bikini bodybuilding industry. She made it her mission to make women feel confident on stage. Kara and her team have done a phenomenal job of growing Angel Competition Bikinis to what it is today. They are everywhere in the bodybuilding space. She is truly the picture of opportunity and that turning your thoughts into reality is possible. Let's welcome Kara to the show. I want to thank you for being on today. I know you are super busy and I, I just appreciate you taking the time to be with me today. Oh yeah, definitely. It's my honor to be on. I love chatting with people and especially I, I do actually enjoy talking finance. Good. (laughs) Not a lot of people do. You know what though? I will say a lot of the, um, I guess, tenured successful entrepreneurs really do enjoy talking about this side of things. I have learned, um, I, I would say probably like the newer entrepreneurs are kind of like, Oh, I don't want to deal with it. Well, get it off my plate. You know? Yes. I can relate. I know when I started the business nine years ago, I hated finance and yep. anything to do with bookkeeping, accounting, I did. I just absolutely hated. Yep. Absolutely. No, totally agree. And and I've definitely been there too. But one thing, one thing I feel like successful entrepreneurs have in common is that I feel like they're humble servants of their industry. You know what I mean? I feel like, like you, you, for example, you're the CEO of Angel Competition Bikinis from what I would say is becoming a major brand, especially in the industry. I mean, you guys are, you're getting huge. You're expanding all the time. Yeah. You make the time to be on all of these different podcasts. I sometimes have a hard time finding, um, people that I'm interviewing on podcasts. And and I think it's just because they, they really, um, they don't share a lot of their time. And, And I feel like you have done a very amazing job of that. You seem like you're so down to earth. Um, you know, so first of all, I thank you for that. But secondly, what are your thoughts on, being a humble, a humble servant to your industry that has helped you become like the successful entrepreneur that you are. Oh, I've, I've never heard that phrase, humble servant of your industry, but I really like it. And I do think I tell people this one reason why we're, we are so successful is because we are the industry. We are the customer. We started out, my sister and I, as bikini athletes looking for competition suits for bodybuilders that made us feel confident, that fit, that were great quality on stage. So that makes all of the marketing easy. And it also makes it easy to navigate what your customers want and what they want today is going to be so different than what they want a year from today. Oh, and though that, especially as you know, in the bikini division of fitness, what our customers want changes 
drastically. If you saw the evolution of suits from when we started nine years ago to today, it looks like two completely different companies. Yep. Yep. Oh, totally. Yeah. I have my, uh, I'll get into it, but I have all of my suit pictures on my wall over here. I'll show you before we get off the podcast, but they're all from you. Okay. I'd love to see. Oh, I'd love to see them. Well, Fit CFO, and, and I feel like you've ar- already actually touched on this, but Fit CFO uh, came to be out of a need in the industry, actually, too. And so, like I said, I've been in the financial industry for my entire adult career. And, you know, once I dipped my toe in the sand of the health and fitness industry, I realized, you know what? We can reach so many more people by helping these coaches and these entrepreneurs stay in business. And, you know, my husband and I realized how much of a struggle entrepreneurs have in this space on the financial side of their business. Well, you started this company with your sister in 2013 out of an industry need. You competed, you didn't feel confident on stage in the suit that you were in and you knew how to sew. So you saw that need and then boom, day by day. Can you talk about your story a little bit in the beginning of your journey and how you turned like a need, a first hand need into the brand that it is today. Yeah. I love talking about the story of how we started. One thing about my personality is that I'm very passionate and I am obsessed with learning. So for example, I started college as a cello performance major, and then I was very passionate about that but I realized there was no jobs in that. So then my sophomore year, I changed to respiratory therapy. And then I ended up with a bachelor's of science in respiratory therapy. And I was very passionate about the lungs and everything that went up in that. So I have a background, not in business at all, music and science. So in 2013, I did my first competition and I realized there's a huge market need for good competition suits, especially in the bikini division, because the bikini division had just started. So there weren't any great suit makers out there. And my mom knew how to sew. And she said, you know, you could make this, or I think she said, I could make this. And so one thing led to another from her little words of encouragement. And now we are the biggest competition suit makers in the world, which is crazy for me to say, <laughs> but, um, it probably feels yeah, surreal kind of, to say those words out loud. Yes. First of all, I love your background because we have a lot in common. I went into college as a music major myself. Oh, really? Yes. And I turned out getting a degree in a bachelor of science degree in interior design and became a, a financial entrepreneur early on. So, I mean, just completely, you know, no training in business, nothing like that. And so we, first of all, have a lot in common, but did you have some kind of inkling that the bikini division was going to blow up as much as it has? So after I did my first competition, I realized how much doing that competition helped me in my life. Mm -hmm. It gave me this all new sense of discipline, of willpower and of confidence. And it was almost like, you know, all of my friends at the time back in 2013, they were into fitness, but they were more into doing marathons and things like that. And I've always hated women who weren't really in the gym, in the like weightlifting side of the gym a whole lot yet. They weren't. 
And I really didn't like, I mean, I actually, I'll say it, I hate running. So doing a marathon to me just sounded awful. And after I did my first show, I realized all of the growth I had made and it was so much fun. So I kind of was like, you know, I think this bikini division might be onto something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's something that honestly has a somewhat low barrier of entry, right? You don't have to um, you know, I mean, anybody can wake up and decide to change like today. Right. And, and it teaches us so much about, about commitment and discipline and following through and daily habits. I mean, there's so much in there and not only that, but that doesn't even touch on the, the confidence that you experience, the growth that you experience internally from, from the experience as well. That's what I love about it as well. Um, and I didn't start until 2016, 2017, and it still wasn't that big of a, that huge of a thing. And just over the past, you know, couple of years, it has just grown so much. It's just amazing. Yeah. I really think it gives women a sense of empowerment of a lot of times women, you know, showcasing your body is done for a man in this society. And this sport, it's all about being healthy, strong, beautiful, and, you know, ripped for yourself. And that in itself that you're getting on stage to show off all your hard work, but it's not for a man or woman. It's only, it's for you and only you. And I think that that really empowers a lot of women and it makes the sport amazing in that sense. Oh, absolutely. And, and I love that anybody can do it. I mean, I, when I started competing, I was, I'm a mom of three kids, you know, I, I'm not a, a 22 year old college graduate, you know, it's yeah, I'm such a different place. And so I'm learning a lot of different tools and techniques with having to plan ahead and, you know, just different things that I'm having to do to support my family. Whereas, you know, maybe a younger competitor wouldn't have to do, but there's just so much empowerment in that to look back and say, you know, I did that and my family is proud of me and and I've learned so many things along the way. Yeah. And another cool thing about this sport is every time a new competitor comes out, there will be people in their life that hate on them. I mean, Uh it's just the reality of the sport. There will be people that message you, hey, you need to stop doing that. You know, people like to throw out. You're a mother. You shouldn't be on stage. Yes, (laughs) you're a mother. (laughs) Things like that. And I really think, as brutal as it sounds, it this sport also helps clean up your friend list. Because Mm -hmm. if they're not willing to support you, then, you know, okay. Clean them, clean up your friend list because they're not a true friend if they can't support you with what makes you happy and what empowers you. Well, and I think anytime we're growing for the better, I think that's going to happen anyways, because there's going to be people that we leave behind that are like, Hey, how come you're not still back here? You need to stay back here with me. And I think that just happens with growth in general as well. Don't you think? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. People that are in that sort of fixed mindset, they will always push back against those of us in the growth mindset because they feel jealous, I guess, for lack of a better term, that they aren't willing to grow. Yep. At least not yet. And everybody can. At least not yet. That's a really great point. Everyone that has a fixed mindset, they are definitely able 
to switch over to a growth mindset and start learning things. Yep. And I think that's a big misconception too, is you see the people on stage, they're absolutely, you know, beautiful where they're at, successful CEOs where they're at, you know, celebrities, et cetera. And everybody is, is a normal human being that just decided one day to wake up and start going for their goals. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever path you take in life, you know, I like the phrase, it's hard to be fat. It's hard to be skinny. It's just yep. hard. It's hard to live the human exper- experience, you know, just hard. Yeah. <laughs> everything we've evolved from is, has not made life easy mentally or physically, but life shouldn't be easy. Absolutely. Well, I think a lot of times people look at you now in angel competition bikinis, and I think, you know, they might think, wow, it must be nice. You get to go on these photo shoots with Ashley Kultwasser. The most recently you had photos with Issa. That's pretty darn cool. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I started crying. Oh my gosh. I'm such a crier. But that shows your passion. I mean, that shows your passion right there. That gives me juice. Oh yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Just when you said Isa, like the, when I did, cause I just met her, that's still fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, she is just the sweetest human. That's another thing about this sport that I love all of it's a great camaraderie between yeah. all of the athletes because we're all in this together, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. On social media, it does sort of look like a highlight reel and yeah, it must be nice But then again, I'm not ever going to post a photo after I did, you know, sat down on my computer for six hours running inventory adjustments on the June QuickBooks, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're going to. And that's what I was going to say is is that you get to do all these amazing things, but you started in 2013 and like talk about some of those struggles and growing pains you've experienced over. I mean, it's been almost a decade now. It, I mean, yeah. you start here. So many growing pains. The first year I probably cried. It, it was like a bad cry, like a stressful cry at least once a week <laughs> because yeah. you you're at a point or I was where I had risked everything for the business. I quit my job. I invested everything I had made from my job into the business. I was giving all energy, time, every resource I had in life, I was giving to this business. I was very grateful in that I was about 22 years old when I started and I had no responsibilities other than paying for rent and food. That was about it. So that kind of put me aligned to be in aligned to be successful as long as I was willing to work for it. But yeah, yeah, the first year was full of growing pains. And, you know, I remember thinking, you know, years one, two, three, the beginning years, I'm going to stop making mistakes next year. (laughs) And every year I would say, I'm going to stop making mistakes next year. And then I think at year six, I kind of had an epiphany and I was like, I am never, ever never going to stop making mistakes. (laughs) They're going to be different, but you will constantly fail. And I, I really didn't know that. I, I kind of thought, you know, once I was past the year three, that it would kind of be get easier, I guess, but it doesn't, which is great. But it's, it's a misconception that I thought was true. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 
I just listened to the CEO of Bear Performance Nutrition yesterday, and he was on there with Steve Weatherford. I don't know if you follow either of them, but they were talking about mistakes and how literally what you just said is they are they are never going to stop making mistakes. I mean, and I think once you realize that is when you can really start to grow, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> and if you start, if you stop making mistakes, it means you're not trying hard enough. It means yeah. you're not risking enough, in my opinion, yes. because the more you're willing to risk smart, you have to be smart about it. <laughs> the more you're willing to risk, risk, the more reward you'll have. Absolutely. So I don't, I decided I like making mistakes because I can learn from them. And being that I had no background in business, I have made, I've done a lot of trial and error mm -hmm. <laughs> to figure out what works. Yes, absolutely. I love that. If you're not making mistakes, you're not taking risks. That's totally true. Talk to me about Kara growing up. What kind of kid were you? How were you in school? Can you elaborate on who you were before angel competition? And what did you as a kid, what did you want to be growing up? And then what aspects of who you were helped to mold you into who you are now? So I had an interesting upbringing. My mom had five kids under the age of four because she had two sets of twins back to back. So there were like five of us, basically all the same age growing oh, wow. up. And I never really, I think being so close in age with all my siblings, I don't know if that's why, but I never felt myself as a kid. I always, and I was raised in a super religious household. Nothing against that, but I think that because of that, I almost never knew who I was as a kid. Yeah. And I was always trying to be something that I wasn't. And I was kind of scared. No, not kind of. I was scared to show my true emotions, to show my true desires. So I kind of just went with the flow, you know, in high school, doing what I thought people wanted me to do, which is fine. It wasn't until I got to college and then after I graduated, then doing my first bodybuilding show, which was something that people didn't want me to do. Oh, I, but can I was imagine. like, no, yeah, I want to do this. So it was so life-changing for me to finally say, no, I, I want to do this. I don't care if this isn't what anyone thinks I should do. And going through all of that, finally realizing what it felt like to step into my shoes and be my true authentic self was really, really cool, you know, and then starting the business, that was another step. No one. Well, okay. So I had my parents support and like, I told like three other people that I was quitting my job. And then when everyone kind of found out on my last day of work, I got laughed at like, and I clearly remember this one man looking at me laughing, saying, oh, you're going to try the entrepreneurial route or something like that. And I was just like, I just kind of nodded my head because, you know, I wasn't really super confident back right. in 2013. It was new. Like yeah. I was, yeah. So it's, it's been a journey and I mean, I've grown so much and I don't have any regrets. What was that deciding factor? And when you were like, you know what, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do this competition 
I'm going to go against the grain, the quote unquote norm of what I'm used to. Like, what was that light switch for you? Okay. So the competition I did three months after I graduated because I was planning on going to grad school and I was taking a little bit more prereqs in order to get into the grad school I wanted to get into. And so I didn't really have a goal and I'm one of those people I always have to have something I'm working on. You uh-huh. know, so while uh-huh. I was taking all of my prerequisites for grad school, I stumbled upon this bikini fitness division. And I was like, hmm, this looks really cool. I love sparkly things. I like getting all dolled up. And I like, I like how these women look and present themselves. Yeah. So I took that step and then it was about, you know, after it was like a year in the making, after I did my first competition, started making the suits. And it got to a point where I would almost dread going to work mm. because I wanted to work on the business. Mm-hmm. And we weren't really making any money at that time. But I knew if I could give it my all, if I could put all of the hours I was doing at the hospital, because I was, you know, doing about 40 hours a week. Yep. If I could put that purely into the business, it, you know, I, I just had faith that it would work. Yes. And thankfully you did. It did work. Yeah. Well, I'm a competitor myself. Like I said earlier, I've ordered all my suits from angel competition. One of my favorite things though, that you guys do that you provided me with was consistent updates on my suit being created. It was not only obviously fun to see, but it made me really feel like I was getting truly a one of a kind suit for me. You tagged me on Instagram. It just, I don't know. I really liked that, but I can imagine that creates a lot more community for you. That was a smart business move. What made you come up with that? I went, I used to go live. This is about 2015 when they announced Instagram and Facebook live. So I would always go live while I was sewing the suits and then I would get customers jump on the live and be like, oh, that's so pretty. And then I had, I remember once the customer that I was making the suit for hopped on live and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm making your suit. And it made her day. Oh, like she imagine. was so excited. She took a screenshot. She posted it to her Instagram. She was like, look, I got to see my ah, suit being made by Kara. Yes. So then I was like, hmm. She's and one thing it led to another. Yep. Yeah. One thing led to another. And now like our whole bikini warehouse, bikini factory, it's uh, we have an old retired dance studio in Lenexa, Kansas, 6,500 square feet. And that's where we make all the suits. It's a beautiful building. We have all these mirrors everywhere because it used to be a dance studio. But now we have everything tricked out with like every sewing machine has a little like arm device that you plug your phone into so we can send customers updates. So like if you walk through our production area and I give them tours to people and I've I always have to say they're not on their phones. They're sending updates to customers because it looks yeah, like, right, right, you know, right. it takes, <laughs> it does, you know, this is a financial podcast. So I will say when we're evaluating the cost of our suits, you know, we have the fabric, the connectors, the crystals, every yep. single little piece, but then we also have the labor part of it. Yep. And we know that the labor part of it, maybe 25% of that labor time is going to updating the yeah. customers. And labor and is probably we, your biggest expense. Labor is our biggest expense. So that we've we've gone back and forth on these updates on whether we 
should continue doing them as in depth. Because if you, I don't know if you've ordered from us in the past three years, we've actually stepped it up. Every customer gets a time lapse of us cutting their suit, crystallizing it, sewing it, putting another set of crystals on if they chose that, and then packaging it. Oh, wow. (laughs) No, that is new since I've ordered mine. Yeah. So that's why it takes 25% of our labor time yeah. to get updates. And we've gone back and forth because it, it does cost a lot. But per suit, it's really not that bad. Uh-huh. And it's worth it to our customers because, I mean, when you're on the treadmill and you haven't had carbs yet, you know, maybe you're doing right. faster cardio. If you get on Instagram and you see a video of your suit being made that you're going to wear on stage... And you can maybe rewatch that every day you're on the treadmill. It is motivating for our customers. Absolutely. It might even be that final push that you needed too. Yeah. You've led me into the perfect um, setup for the next question, but I want to talk about knowing your numbers and tracking your data in business. How important has this been in your business development and growth over the years? Well, I started knowing absolutely nothing about business, as I've said before. I think I Googled what does an LLC mean? Uh huh. Like I was completely oblivious to everything. So I am still the bookkeeper. I don't do the taxes at the year end, but I do everything else. So from a financial standpoint, we've gone from a cash basis, no inventory tracking, and then starting around 2017, we switched over to an accrual basis. We put all of our inventory where it should be on the balance sheet. And now we we run our business as a true manufacturing business. You know, we have the finished goods. We have the raw material. We have cost of the suit. We have everything broken down. And it's very, very detailed. And... It's come so far. I mean, it's almost as much, it is as much of a transformation from the first suit we made to the suits we make today. Like our books are, I'm very proud of the books. (laughs) They're so pretty. Well, I was going to ask you if there was ever a point where you didn't worry about it too much. And then if that has been part of having, you know, your ability to be able to scale. Yeah. So in 2017, I started with a new business mentor. Uh Our, in Kansas, we're very lucky. We have Johnson County Community College and you can get free business mentors um, for any small business in Kansas. So that's been very helpful. And I'm not sure how familiar you or the listeners are in terms of where your books should be from a tax perspective, but we were doing things wrong before 2017. Not really wrong, but there's a point in your growth where you have to switch from a cash basis to an accrual basis. Mm-hmm. So when I met with this business mentor, she was like, you need to switch how you're doing all your books. Now is the time in your business based on your growth. So we had to take all of our inventory and put it, you know, we had already charged it, but it hadn't sold yet. Yep. So we had to take it all and recharge it, you know, so we did all of that. And that was, that was a big growing opportunity because I basically started the books over from scratch in 2017. (laughs) And then I switched accountants. I've actually switched accountants three times. I really feel confident in who I have now, but changing accountants is stressful. Yeah. I want to talk about having a backstop and we talk about this 
a lot with, with what we do, because we get a lot of people that are really excited. And you alluded to this early on where you put everything into starting this business, um, everything that you had invested into your previous job. So we talk about, you know, whether that's through investors, cash reserves, a line of credit, but we talk about having a backstop for times of growth, for times of scale, or maybe if you've had a launch that didn't go as planned, but helping you through a time where you you don't want to have to pump the brakes on your business. You've obviously had some kind of business smarts or some kind of capacity in order to create the successes you've had. Um, talk about that a little bit. I was raised to be very, very frugal. Like I'm talking, if you go to the mall, you bring a peanut butter and jelly sandwich so you don't have to eat at the food court. Uh-huh. So using that skill, which is, I'm very grateful to have this skill. I was able to self-fund everything for the business through the money I made as a respiratory therapist and then use the profits to slowly grow. Looking back, it would have been smarter to take out a loan, but you know, hindsight is 2020 and we basically did not take out any loans until 2020 when everything went downhill we definitely yep. had to take some loans but that's definitely an outlier so i was i was fortunate to not be in any debt until 2020 i love that so if you ever listen to a lot of these huge names like ed mylett Um, Tony Robbins. I mean, they all talk about being frugal and, um, you know, getting by with what you have. And I think that sometimes, especially in this world, a lot of people can get the lottery effect where they make a ton of money overnight and they're just like, cool, I'm going to get this and I'm going to get that and a new car and everything else. And, and, and so I really appreciate hearing that from somebody like you, that you were able to self fund by being careful and choosy with how you, you spent your, you know, your profits. Well, yeah, I think being very deliberate on how you spend your profits, especially at the beginning is crucial. Yeah. Especially at the beginning, because you could have some killer months, right? But that doesn't mean they're all going to be killer. So we've really got to, well, yeah, we've really got to in our sport. Yeah. It's, um, very, you know, March through November are great months, December, January, February, not so much. Yeah. You have seasons. Let's talk about mission. So, you know, at FitCFO, we teach our community that having a mission and a business plan is a huge part of creating success and a foundation for your business. Talk to me about your mission and your experience with creating your business plan. I love this question. Our mission is to make women feel confident on stage. And it's been that mission since day one. I have my first business plan that I ever wrote, and it has that in it. And that's something that we remind all of our employees every day, and especially once a month in our meetings, our primary focus is making female bodybuilders feel confident on stage. And we recently added in that female bodybuilders you know, encapsulating all the bikini athletes because we're very big on our niche and our business. We, our customers are fitness women, Mm -hmm. primarily that compete in the bikini or figure wellness division. So we aren't going to make 
activewear for the average woman, yeah. which can sound a little, um, I don't know the word for it, but there can be a little bit of negativity around the fact that we don't serve everyone. Right. But you know what? The companies that excel are the ones that really choose their niche and excel on that one thing. You know, if you're looking for a maternity bikini, you go to a company that makes bikinis for pregnant women and that's all they do and they excel at it. So we are very big on our niche and our mission of serving the bodybuilding females. Well, and that's, I mean, it's exactly like how, you know, we only work with health and fitness professionals. You know, we could work. Yeah, I love that. A whole number of of different businesses, right? But but ultimately, those those are our people, right? They're, they're yeah. We are. They're what we value, and and we um we know what it's like to be in their shoes too. So yes, I love that, and I love that you talked about how that is still you know in your business plan, and it was from day one. And I feel like a lot of times, if you can articulate your mission especially to your employees and those that are helping you create the vision that you have, that's going to empower them to want to come to work even on a bad day and still do a really good job, right? Yes. I am very fortunate. The angel team that we have is incredible. I would be, I mean, I would be nothing without them. I will be the first one to admit that they deserve all the credit. They are amazing. There is 18 well, of us right now. And- as to why you have the team that you have is because you are who you are. And I think that is truly who we attract. I completely agree. Your energy attracts other energies and you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yep. And whether you want to believe it or not, it's probably true. Yeah. And so hiring, you know, hiring is hard in any business, but uh, we've been very fortunate and lucky, especially this year where this is actually exciting news for our business. We're taking everyone on a cruise to Mexico in January. Oh, we've never done that before. And it's just because we're it's because of them that we're able to, you know, like, because all of them work so hard and it's, I can't speak highly enough of the team and how fortunate I am. That's amazing. I'm so happy that you guys are Another thing to note on that, because we were talking earlier about the must be nice. Yep. And I am one of those people that I do tend to only talk about the highlights, you know, like my team is amazing. I will say um, there have been some crazy like crazy employee stories. We had someone, an, an employee that quit, hacked our Instagram, sent messages to everyone, saying specific. This, I mean, we've had we've had to work at getting the culture yeah. to where it is. It hasn't always been like this, and I, I don't. I say that because we brought it up earlier. You know, the yeah. whole must be nice thing. There's yeah. always there's always some, you know, it's, it's never as it seems, I guess. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is too, people see one thing on Instagram, but it's like, you're not going to post those bad things on Instagram, right? Like, (laughs) I mean, it is, nobody really wants to read the negative. Right. But that's, that's part of owning a business, you know, the messy middle, like we're going to have bad times and 
you still may, right? It's just part of, yeah. oh, part of it. I hope we have that. You know, that's how we grow. Yep. Um, I don't hope for like an easy life. I want like a, a hard life that I pays off. And I feel that sense of accomplishment. 100%. I love that. Well, I want to know a little bit more about your ambassador program and your sponsored athlete program. How, um, I guess, tell me about that. Tell our audience about that a little bit. And how much has this helped the growth of the company? Do you think this is my favorite part of the business? I feel like I say that about every part, but this is a lot of my favorites. I love working with the sponsored athletes and ambassadors. So what this means is anyone that has previously worn our suits can apply to be an ambassador. They have to have worn our suits. They have to love the brand and be able to represent the company to be an ambassador because that's the best market is authentic, honest marketing. So um, they can apply to be an ambassador. And if they are a good role model and a fit for the brand, then we accept them. And then they're part of our ambassador program. They may or may not get commission and things like that. And then once their code gets used so many times, they can get promoted to a sponsored athlete. And it really doesn't have anything to do with followers or celebrity status or, you know, winning your shows. It all has to do with the role model you are in the fitness community. And can you basically, this is a partnership. So can you help us get sales? Yep. It all comes down to that. So being a sponsored athlete is not a scholarship. It is a partnership. And I say it's not a scholarship because we do have daily messages of, you know, people kind of writing essays to us, thinking that sponsorship is sort of like a scholarship, which that's not what it is at all. We've done scholarships before, you know, but our sponsored athlete program is a partnership where, you know, both parties are getting lots of value by working with the other party. And we do have, I love working with the sponsored athletes. I was talking about Issa, meeting her was yes. the most amazing thing ever. And then one of the best memories of my life was last November, I got to go over to Europe with Ashley. And that was yes. amazing memories. What a fun, amazing time. And I feel like so many of these athletes, we see them, you know, on Instagram or whatnot, but they are seriously the coolest people in person. They really are. And it's very motivating to be around. Yep. Yep. I find that a lot of successful people are, are truly kind, humble people. Yes. I agree with that. Well, very cool. Well, I am going to show you my suits on my wall here. Okay. I'm excited. See it there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see that you're on the NPC Midwest stage, aren't you? In uh, St. Louis. Um, I recognize that background. (laughs) I've done that show. Well, you are. I mean, I want to thank the listeners for listening. And if they have any questions about our suits or anything, they are totally welcome to, you know, reach out to me personally. If it's a finance question, that works as well, too. And we love helping customers. So any opportunity we have. You are truly an amazing CEO and entrepreneur. And I really appreciate your time. I know, like I said, you're super busy and and you really give a lot to to your mission and to the, the people in the industry. So thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, 
Well, thank you for having me. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications so that you don't miss a beat. We'd love it if you'd share this podcast, your Instagram story, your Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help other health and fitness entrepreneurs out there succeed in business. We so appreciate you listening in. And until next time, keep your goals high. Keep each step attainable.